0: Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: Casting live from Baltimore, Maryland, the Breath of Life Ministries presents Experience the Power. When God gets ready, He can deliver you. If you call on Him, if you trust in Him, He's worthy of the praise. You're supposed to be down flat on your face, but the power of God will lift you up. And now let's go live to the Miracle Temple Worship Center where our service is in progress. I'd like to ask you to go to the book of 1 Peter. And uh, should I stall while you find 1 Peter? I think you can do it fairly easy. Well, the easy way to do that, nah, I won't tell you too many people have already found it. (laughs) 1 Peter chapter 2, and look at verse 5. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to god by jesus christ would you pray with me father we we thank you so much for what you are doing your power through jesus christ your power through the holy spirit is reaching around the globe and particularly across the united states of america we know that you are drawing people to jesus christ now father we only ask that you continue what you are doing we understand that it's not us it's not by might it's not by power it's by your spirit that people are being drawn so tonight we commit ourselves once again we'll follow where Jesus leads if you'll simply give us your grace this is our prayer in Jesus name amen the Bible says that uh, we are part of a spiritual building I entitled this message tonight playing church and I did it intentionally because tonight I will share with you my belief that if Satan can't keep you away from church he will bring you to church but not let you do church as the Bible suggests in other words I know you know people who won't go inside of a church I've met plenty of them they say I wouldn't go close to a church and I hope by the time I'm finished tonight you'll understand that that may not be the greatest decision of your life because the fact is that As the text just told us, we become part of a spiritual building. It's an invisible building, but when we are all linked together in Christ, we are actually the body of Christ. We become the church. So it may not be the greatest decision you ever made to stay away from that organization, but there are some folk who come to church and then the devil starts playing little games he tries to get you away from the real meaning of church there are some people and you know who you are there are people who think that going to church is a fashion show Hmm? the Bible says that man looks on the outward appearance but God looks on the heart so I have nothing against people dressing well to go to church in fact if you serve God and return a faithful tithe and an offering how many know that God will open the floodgates of heaven and might make it possible for you to get clothes without money he does that the Bible says that God clothes the lilies of the field and if he makes them beautiful how many know that he can make you look your best I think that when you come into God's house There is nothing wrong with wearing something presentable to be in his presence. But you can't get caught up in it. There was a church that I pastored long ago. You'll never guess where it was. There was a gentleman who timed his entrance. He would wear a different suit every Sabbath. And he waited until I had just stood up I was just finished with my text when everybody's concentration was on the Bible and then he'd make his grand entrance. I don't know how he did it. It was as though he was floating down the aisle. And just as he thought, people would turn and look at him and they'd say, oh, he never wears the same suit. Well one day I had a talk with him. Uh, (laughs) I told him how I was not amused. I said, do you know that you come in the same time every week? He said, oh, I never thought of that. (laughs) I'm not sure that was the truth. What do you think? He said, no, I, I, I just, I guess that's just when I come in. I said, "And of course, we are happy. Every one of us is happy that the Lord has given you different suits. I don't know where you're getting them from, but hallelujah. It's just that we don't come to church to get excited about your clothes. We're here to praise the name of Jesus and to worship Him in the beauty of holiness. Now I may be wrong, but I do think that there are some people who, when they have caught a sail, and when even they are shocked at what they have on, you can tell can't you because they're kind of, when they are even shocked, they will come in and then they'll think of something. And they'll go out and they'll come back in and they'll remember something else and go out. What they're trying to do somehow, maybe I'm misreading. I hope I'm not misjudging, but it appears that when they dress in a normal fashion, they can sit down. (laughs) But when they think they're looking really good, they got to move around a little bit. I'm not mad at you. I hope you find another sale. I wish you would find a sale where they got something for me but when you dress up you are not the center of attention in God's house Jesus is the center of attention I've I've met people who uh, happened to purchase a new automobile and you know you can't bring it in they would if they could so they have to say look you know something I was many You remember I've been saying I'm gonna I got something for you could you come out with me now I've got it in my trunk okay and then you go out you know on this say where's your car oh it's right out here and they take you hey you got a new car oh that wasn't the reason why I brought you out here (laughs) this is just something to get me from point A to point B there are people who will take you home to see their houses they will talk about their incomes I have come to believe that people who tell you how much they earn are disingenuous because if you really earn a lot of money you don't want the word to get around people like me will come and borrow money from you so if God has blessed you you might just wanna say if anybody says uh, I understand you earn a lot of money. You ought to just say God is good. Right. God is good. That's enough. What do you say? And God will lead you to the people who need your help. Now, I, I'm 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 saying some things that might sound a little comical, but you know that it's the truth. There are people who get caught up in fellowship. They are so caught up in fellowship that it won't stop. And and you know something. I even pray sometimes that Ms. Wright and Mr. Wright will meet in church. I believe, listen to this carefully, everybody who's single, I believe that the likelihood of finding Ms. Wright or Mr. Wright rises exponentially when you come to the house of God because there are a lot of people there who believe in Jesus Christ. However. I'd like to suggest that you pause for a minute in your, in your chase, pause to worship the Lord because he can lead you to the right person and you ought to give him the respect of just taking a break from your activities, looking for the right person and praise his name you'd be surprised he can pull you together he can bring you together in the parking lot at the water fountain it's amazing what God can do God arranges meetings so put him first now tonight I want to do this I'd like to talk about what church ought to really be about because I think there are too many people who are outside and won't come in and then there are a lot of people who are in but for the wrong reason fellowship is good good nice clothes wonderful nice car okay God gives these gifts but when we come together for worship when we come together in God's house there ought to be a reason for it and the first thing we need to start out knowing is that the head of the church is Jesus Christ so Let's not play thinking that uh, it's something owned by a multitude and it might be put forth as a social organization. I know that fellowship is wonderful. I enjoy it. In fact, I don't even like churches where people don't fellowship. I-, I go there once, but somebody would have to force me to go back again if people don't have the joy of Jesus in them. I believe that when Jesus is in your heart you fellowship with each other because if God is my father and you are in the family of God you are already my family member I might not have met you before I may not know you but if you're in the family you're just one of the brothers or the sisters but you can't get caught up in anything where Jesus is not the center so the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 5 Uh, well, I ought to get it in chapter one first. Ladies, you will understand in just a moment why I'm going to take it first from Ephesians chapter one. I'll go to five. Ephesians chapter one is where I need it first. And uh, verse 22, it says, and hath put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all and all. So the head of the church is not the pastor. Now, every pastor really knows that. I'll tell you, sometimes pastors are tempted. I have been tempted to think, this is my church. You know, every now and then I I landed in a place that I kind of liked. And I'd kind of drive by the place and say, you know, see my name on the sign, you know. Oh, this is really nice this is my church well no that's not the way you say it when you're really happy you say this is my church but there are days when some member will come to you with a problem and you can't solve it and what you want to say very quickly is Jesus you are the head of the church I am not in control I am not responsible The church belongs to you because nobody, human, can solve the issues that Jesus can and he claims the church and is proud to say that he's connected with it. Jesus is the head. Now let me read that one that the ladies might not particularly approve of. In fact, when I do weddings, some of them ask me not to put this one in the vows. This is Ephesians chapter 5, verse 23. For the husband is head of the wife even as Christ is as the is the head of the church and the Savior of the body I have ladies who will say pastor could you please lay that out but let me tell you something if you marry the right man you don't care what text you read out of the Bible because that same that same thought pattern suggests that just as Christ would give his life did give his life for the church the right man would give his life for his wife and if you ever find a man who is in Christ who's not self-centered but Christ-centered no text in the Bible will disturb you can I get the ladies to say amen anyway Jesus is ahead The, the, the next thing you must understand is that in this household there are others sometimes people think they're only regular members in the church the fact is that in This household, there are other members, there are angels, there is the Holy Spirit, there is Jesus, and doubtless there are unfallen beings in other worlds who are all part of the family. Can you imagine being in the family with angels? Can you imagine being in the family with Jesus as your big brother? can you imagine being there with god the father with the holy spirit we are in an amazing family so i don't care what family brought you here by natural birth when you are born again into the family of god you are in a high class family you have friends in high places when we come to him we must understand that we are no longer regular folk. In fact, there are people who live, who were born in good families, you know, families with wealth, not riches, wealth. Money is one thing, rather crass, they say. I haven't worked that high yet, so money is still a blessing to me. But there are people who will tell you that that's crass. When you get real, when you accumulate real wealth, it carries with it power. Then you will look back and wonder what was your fascination with money. I hope to get there one day. But the fact is that there is more power in this family than money can buy. And when we come together, when we come together in the name of Jesus, there is a difference in the family. Now I'm about to give you a list of of prerequisites for good church because church is not just a powerful preacher there are powerful preachers everywhere I've discovered that if people come in to a fellowship based only on the the eloquence of the preacher that it is not trustworthy because there will come one day another preacher there's always another preacher So if the only thing that holds you in the fellowship is the eloquence, the movement, and you know, we all study that stuff, trying to look more powerful than we are. But in the final analysis, the power of the preacher is Jesus. If it's only the ways and the methods, there'll be another preacher who's more powerful. You'll always be chasing to find the greatest preacher the church is not built on the eloquence of speakers if you are caught up in that you will live a horrible life always chasing something better the church is built on things that are far more substantial let's begin with Mark chapter 16 and verse 15 I'll read some of these because I have far to go tonight I won't read them all but I'll I'll give you each one and you should be ready with your paper and your pen to make sure that you don't miss one of them. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. And here is what the Bible says. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every preacher. Preacher. The fact is that the church exists primarily to propagate the faith. To talk about Jesus. Jesus does not need lawyers to defend him. He does not need judges to split heads. He does not need law officers to enforce him. He only needs witnesses to say what Jesus has done in your life. We are called to be witnesses to share with others what Jesus has done for us. You may never understand that sermon that we shared the other night on the 2300 days. But if you can talk about that one day when Jesus came into your heart, if you can talk about the change that happened in you because Christ became your elder brother and brought you in the family with God as your father, if you can talk about that People will be drawn to Jesus by what you say. I promise it will happen. So the main reason for the church to be there. In fact, if you go to a church where nobody is being drawn, there's something wrong with that church. I have been to churches where they were happy with the number they had. In fact, I, I had a church board to tell me one time, uh, please don't bring others. And a bell rang in the back of my head. I said, you know something, you're at the wrong church. This is not a good place for you to be. Because the only thing I'm interested in is bringing people to Jesus. I thought when I took this job that that's what I was supposed to do. I thought I was supposed to get the truth in the word of God and proclaim it in such a clear way that when people heard it, they would run and say, can I get in? But if I'm at a place where they say, we're very, we're very comfortable very comfortable with the size of our church please don't do any of that thing called evangelism because then we'll get all kinds of different people not like us and they will come and disturb the equanimity that we enjoy and it was not long after that that I requested and received a transfer because I gotta preach me some Jesus what do you say then the church is here to provide spiritual fellowship. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25 says that you ought not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. I know that it may seem simpler to worship God alone. Hmm? Now you got quiet and I understand it. You may think that's a moment where you don't want to be drawn into a trick. But I know that it's complicated to live even with the people who think of themselves as saints because everybody who says they're a saint is not a saint sometimes you'll be shocked that some of the people who are thought of to be the most religious are the most caustic with their tongues they may not have a weapon but their tongues have become their weapon and they can eviscerate you standing right in the lobby of the church and sound holy while they're doing it but the fact is that God has said you ought to be together I believe that in the fellowship with other believers there is a tension that helps us grow my wife and I were caught in a certain city we had no money and nothing to do, but we were dressed. We only stopped there for a moment, and we we're going to stay overnight. And we were wondering, what should we do? They, we, we had in our in our hotel uh, an advertisement for a a trip through a diamond factory. <laughs> uh, I figured that was that was one of the safest things we could do because we didn't have any money, and we didn't want any diamonds. We didn't know what to do with them, so we went and uh, dressed up, and they picked us up in a limousine. I guess their assumption was that we would purchase diamonds. (laughs) And we went there, and instead of getting a diamond, I got a sermon illustration. One of those folk in the factory showed us that the way you start shaping a diamond into that cone shape is that you rub two diamonds against each other. I said, well, why do you do that? He said, because there's nothing else hard enough to shape a diamond than another diamond you, you see my sermon illustration coming off so I got excited in there It wasn't because I was gonna buy a diamond I said God is good the reason why God puts Christians with other Christians is cause nobody else is hard enough to shape us <laughs> but when he puts us against each other sometimes and in touch with each other sometimes At the moment that you think things are going wrong in your relationship, what the Lord is doing is using another Christian to help shape your Christian experience and make you what you ought to be. But he can't shape you with somebody who's not a diamond. I think I did okay in the diamond factory. What do you think? Then, the church is there also to relieve human misery. Matthew chapter 25. If you begin with verse 35 and go to verse 40, you will find questions being asked that might surprise you. Jesus says, I was in prison and you didn't visit me. I was hungry and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty and you wouldn't give me drink. And, and someone asked, when, when did we see you in prison? When were you naked? When were you hungry? He said, when you see the least of these who are in those situations, it was me you were looking at. The church must address the problems of poverty and need because that's what Jesus did when he was on earth in human form. Now, I I, I don't believe in giving to everyone who's standing beside the street with a sign. You know some of the rumors about those folks. And I think it ought to be a little bit more organized than that. You ought to make sure that people are fed all year, not just at Thanksgiving. How can somebody make it for a whole year to the next Thanksgiving? The church cannot just be there once or there on holidays. Jesus calls upon us to follow him, and we love to follow him when it's easy. We'll sing with him, we'll do all kinds of things, but if you would follow Jesus, you must be sensitive to human need. If you're gonna follow Jesus, you've got to recognize that we do not conduct business on the basis of thus says brother or sister so and so. Okay, I may have reached a rough spot in the road now, but John chapter 8, John chapter 8 and verse 32 has something to say. John chapter 8, verse 32, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. I know. In fact, I, from time to time, I I read a little literature, you know, and I, I feel myself being drawn into it. Sometimes iambic pantamata. Sometimes beautiful poetry. And I think, what if I were to start a sermon, not based on the Word of God, but on this beautiful verse. Suppose I would take this sublime language and impress the people with my command of the poetry. And then I think about it again everybody's got poetry (laughs) what the church needs is the truth psalm 119 and verse 105 says thy word is a light and a lamp if we want to walk and not walk in darkness we ought to walk in the light of God's word so the fact is that churches ought to be governed on thus says the Lord not on popularity, not on who attends. You know, I'm impressed too. I've, I've been a pastor of a church where we would get certain members and the folk would say, do you know who's coming, pastor, to hear you? And I'd say, who? Look out there next Sabbath, see who's there. And you know, if you get caught up in that, then what are you going to do when they don't come? I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take the simple word of God, which is a light and a lamp, I'll take whoever comes and I'll just do what God says with it and let's see what God can accomplish through ordinary people. Now the fact is that God loves all people. He loves them high. He loves them low. So I think every now and then somebody ought to invite someone who may, you may think is high. Uh, In God's sight you'd be surprised who's high and who's low. You'd be surprised who's important and who's not. But the fact is that there are folk who get caught up in that. It's not that which is the power of a church. If you've got 25 star members, it's still the house of God. If you have nobody worthy of note, it's still the house of God. The ground at the foot of the cross is level. Are you with me? There are no big people. There are no tall ones, no high ones, no low ones. All of us stand at the same level at the foot of the cross. And I suggest to you that it is the power of Christ that is the center. Now, you want to turn to this one. Let's go to Matthew chapter 16. Matthew 16. And I think I only need verse 18 to show you something very important about the church. Matthew 16 and verse 18 and I say unto thee I say also unto thee that thou art Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now those of us who have uh, contemplated this text recognize that there is uh, there's the possibility of misunderstanding that God built the church on Peter. If that had happened if Jesus had been so thoughtless as to build the church on a human being not far from that time you remember that Peter was caught up in a situation where he used language that was not appropriate for a follower of Jesus in order to pretend that he had never met him I got a little lesson before I move if you walk and talk with Jesus people will know you've been with him They'll know that you can't fool folk. If you walk with the devil, he'll tell on you. Oh, I wish I had time to talk about that. You play with the devil, he'll mark your face, do stuff to you. If you play with the devil, he'll mark your walk. He'll do something to your talk. The devil will tell on you. But if you walk with Jesus, people will say, hey, there's something about you. And Peter had been with Jesus too long. Uh, The fact is that there is none other name, and this is Peter declaring it, there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And that is the declaration of Peter. So even Peter knew that the church wasn't built on him. Here's what I want to pull from this text. The devil hates the church. Have you already figured that part out? I've had people tell me, you know, before I heard this thing that you preach, before I decided to give my life to Christ, my life was always fun. I used to have a wonderful time. And you know something? I don't doubt you. Because if you're walking with the devil, he has no reason to bother you. I'll tell you what, you headed in the wrong direction. If, if you, if you're walking with the devil on Broadway because broad is the way that leads to destruction and narrow is the way that leads to salvation. But as long as you're walking with the devil on Broadway, he's with you, hey, how's, how's it going? He doesn't have to worry about you. You are walking with him. It's when the Lord turns you around that you got a problem because now all those devils you used to walk with are coming against you. And you got to duck and dodge and run into them. The fact is that the devil hates it when you even think about changing your life. i got to stay here a minute because we've got some people on this very night who are thinking about following what the Bible says. I'll tell you this, you'll find out who your friends are. Find out who your friends are cause your real friends even if they are not ready to obey the Lord they'll be happy for you they'll tell you I can't do it I'm not ready yet, but I'm so proud of you and I'm gonna do everything I can to help you if anybody bothers you I'm going I got your back cause I'm proud of what you're doing that's what a real friend will say but a person who's not really a friend doesn't ever want you to climb higher than they are. They don't mind you coming up here they don't mind you coming up here they'll even put up with you being right around here but if you ever do this you, you out of your mind you gonna do what? you mean you gonna follow that stuff? yeah but that stuff came out of the Word of God and you cannot go wrong doing what the Bible says. It is the book that he sent to put you on the right path. So so I need to say to you tonight that the devil will begin to cause you problems if you are about to part company with him. He hates the church. And the Bible says the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. Now let me talk about gates for a minute. You're going to like this in days of old uh, the chiefs of the city the mayor equivalent would sit at the city gates so if you wanted to refer to for instance when we want to talk about the president of the united states we say the white house said you know white house doesn't talk we're talking about the president the mayor's office said the governor's mansion is reported to have we have symbols to talk about authority in those days it was the gate of the city. Now stick with me. If the city is hell, then the leader of hell is the devil himself. And here's what Jesus said. You know, when Jesus states truth, it's not bragging. It's just clarification of fact. When I talk like that, it's bragging. But Jesus can't brag because he can back up everything he said. Am I too strong for anybody? So here's what Jesus says. My church will thrive. It'll go through rough times. Don't ever get disturbed when the ship of Zion begins to toss in, in rough waters. God never promised that if you came to the church, it would always be a smooth ride. He never promised that you would never have a trial. All he ever said was, I'll never leave you alone. You you ask those Hebrew worthies. Remember when the king said, heat that thing seven times hotter and put them in there. And the gods who put them in the fiery furnace fainted because of the heat. But when the king looked in there, from a distance I'm about to say he said what happened I put in three but now I see four and the fourth one looks like the son of God and I'm going to tell you tonight if you ever get in a furnace in the name of Jesus you may be in a hot place but you'll be cooled by the fourth person in the furnace and that person is Jesus you may have hard times. You may have trials, but trials are what make you cling to Jesus. I have never read what the Hebrew worthies did when they saw Jesus in the furnace. I can tell you what I would have done. Lord, can I just, you know, I just want to be close to you. So they might not have been able to see that there were four in there if I was one of the three. Because I'd have been close to Jesus. When hard times come, I've learned to stay close to Jesus. He will never leave you. And if you've got any brains at all, you'll never leave him. Because he can get you in and get you out. He knows how to deliver the godly out of trouble. He's a very present help. Well, you're going to make me preach so the devil hates the church. Now, watch, watch this because I'm getting ready to turn the corner. What the devil says is this. First thing I try to do is keep them out of the church. But if I can't keep them out, i get them hung up on a preacher. Nothing wrong with loving your pastor. I think you ought to love pastors. And if I didn't say that, then I'd be putting myself in trouble. But just don't put your preacher above you. Jesus. Huh? That's all. I I think the Lord will give you nice clothes, huh? I think the Lord will give, God owns every automobile factory on the face of the earth. If he thought you needed 10 Rolls Royces, he could cause the next 10 to be rolled out with a name plate on the dash, and your name would be there. Some of us can't handle one, so he's certainly not going to give us 10 he's having a hard enough time with some of us riding in these Toyotas and Hondas. But if if he thought you needed it, how many know he could give it to you? Nothing wrong with cars. Nothing wrong with houses. God wants his children to live well. Nothing wrong with that. The problem is that we get caught in peripheral issues and it is not an accident. I'll show it to you. Uh, Go to Daniel. Daniel chapter 7 and verse 25. I'm going to show you something. The devil is not kidding. See, there's some people think this is a big joke. You think that the devil is some red thing with horns and a tail? Huh? Or you watch some sorry little movie and think that it's cute that something shakes in the house, wind blows through the windows. They play with little games and something gets inside and you think that's, oh that's nice. I love to see that. I tell you what, I'm careful what I watch in my house. You can do what you want to. Your house is your house. You watch anything you feel like. Bring any game in there you want. Bring any kind of toy in there you want. But let me tell you, I don't ever want the devil to misunderstand what I do as an invitation. Huh? I want the record to be real clear you are not invited in here and if I ever find him in there I know who to call I call my big brother Jesus and he can get him out look Daniel chapter 7 and look at verse 25 and he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High and think to change times and laws and they shall be given into his hand until a time of times and the dividing of time. If you were to take those numbers time, times, dividing of time and use the number 360 which it was used for a year and if you turn those days into a year you come up with 1260 years and you know we talked about that those are the years that bring us to the point where the church got freedom when God delivered the woman from the wilderness and right about that time is when God says, I'm calling a remnant, I'm calling a faithful group who will follow me wherever I go. I want some people who will stand for me. So that very prophecy brings you there but it says that there is a religious authority that thinks to change times and laws that will wear out the saints of the Most High and I tell you that the church of God, the true church of God has enemies that are trying to destroy it. Yes, yes. the only good thing is that the devil cannot overcome Jesus we read it didn't we yes. the gates of hell yes, shall not prevail Amen. against the church Amen. go to Daniel chapter 8 and look at verse 11 verses 11 and 12 yea he magnified himself even to the prince of the host And by him, the daily sacrifice was taken away and the place of his sanctuary was cast down. And an host was given him against the daily sacrifice by reason of transgression. And it cast down the truth to the ground and practiced and it practiced and prospered. A religious authority that cast truth to the ground. So listen to the devil's plan. Let him go to church just give them false doctrine cast truth to the ground now there's some things we know because we've been here for a while together I had somebody ask me the other day don't most people come in and preach over a weekend and leave I said yeah how in the world you've been able to afford to stay here this long well cause I had a lot to say <laughs> And it all came from the Bible. Watch this. This authority cast the truth about baptism to the ground. Somebody says you ought to sprinkle, but the Bible says when Jesus was baptized, he went down, came back up. Are you with me? The truth about the mortality of the soul. There are some who teach that when you die, you're not really dead that something floats around the soul is indestructible but we read it right from the Word of God the, the, the living know that they shall die but the dead know not anything and the soul that sinneth in another place it shall die, when you're dead you're dead but we read that from the Word of God this authority cast that truth to the ground uh, some did not know about the seventh day Sabbath you can read this book from cover to cover in fact I got a man who will give you 25 thousand dollars in cash anytime you come up with a text in the Bible that says worship on any other day than Saturday which is the seventh-day Sabbath so if you want to get some money fast find it stay up all night long read every page of the Bible don't miss one verse and come up with one text where Jesus says I changed now I want you to keep another day and we will gladly take you to the man with the $25,000. I would appreciate it if you come up with it, give me a little bit. <laughs> but I have no hope whatsoever because I have read the book from cover to cover and Jesus does not change. He says until heaven and earth pass away, not one dotting of an eye or crossing of a T will pass from this law. And in the middle of the Ten Commandments, it is, it is the Sabbath that stands out. But, but the truth was cast to the ground. Then the truth was cast to the ground about the priestly ministry of Christ. Nobody knew. They thought when Jesus went to heaven, it was just over. You and I know that when he went to heaven, he, he went into the heavenly sanctuary as my high priest. And when I pray, when I pray, I pray to God, but Jesus is there. When my sins need to be forgiven, Jesus says, my blood, Father. I don't have the blood of lambs or goats or sprinkling of a heifer's ashes. My blood was shed on Calvary. And since I shed that blood, I can bring that blood to this sanctuary. And without blood, there is no remission of sin. But when the blood of Jesus touches my sin, my sin is gone. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus then there came a reformation led by Protestant churches and they got a lot of things right but there are a few things that didn't get right. They ignored the Sabbath. They said, uh, well, this immortality thing, let's just breeze over that. They said, uh, we're not sure about baptism, just kind of baptize the way you like, it's okay. They talked they talked about a lot of things but never mentioned what Jesus is doing right now in the heavenly sanctuary. And then they began to make war between grace and law. You know, if you're under grace, you don't have to do anything right anymore. And what it does it makes you think that in the name of Jesus you can steal. You can lie that means you could look at my wife in this auditorium tonight and devise a plan in your heart that you could take her from me and do it in the name of Jesus well in the name of Jesus you better stop thinking like that (laughs) because the law of God stands and grace does not do away with the law God forbid, what happens through grace is that Jesus forgives my sin. The apostle Paul says, then I die and Jesus replaces me inside my heart and inside my head. So the life I now live is not me, it's Jesus living in me. Now, let me tell you what I must say to you tonight based on the truth that you and I have read from the Bible, just any church will not do. I am not talking about denominationalism. I got relatives in practically every church there is. And I won't call the names, but there are some denominations that are quite highbrow, and they look down on me they say you you don't reach where we are and I say yeah but the blood of Jesus reaches down to the depths (laughs) Jesus came to seek and to save the lost so he he may miss y'all way up there but he gets us down here (laughs) and I got some relatives who are kinda you know in a different kind say, you don't have enough Spirit. Uh I tell you what, I'll surprise you. Uh, When the truth hits me right, you know, I've learned not to shout on the basis of feeling. I shout on the basis of fact. (laughs) If if you want to really shout, give me something concrete, something, give me something in the word. I don't want to shout on gravy. I don't want to shout on icing. Give me the real meat of the word and you understand my usage. And I'll get excited about that. In fact, I will shock myself sometimes. I've told you about me and my dog. My dog is gone, but he was a wonderful animal. Stayed with me in my study and when I'd get something right and I'd stand up, he'd stand up. (laughs) Oh, I thought he might understand the Bible from time to time. I'll get excited. I'll get excited. But, but the fact is that it, it's not how your church worships, it's not the style, it's the substance. Yeah. <laughs> Turn with me to Ezekiel. You need to look at something there. Because I, I, you know, <laughs> I've had some people tell me, Preacher you've got some gifts, Ezekiel chapter 22, you've got a couple of talents, if you could just get off of that stuff, that all that, all those texts you read, if you could just let that go, just, just ride on your skill. Get on the crest of the wave. Say, we hear you sometimes. You sound like you might have it in you. Just get on the crest and ride. Say, you might be surprised. You have a big gathering of people, a super church. I say, yes, yeah. Well, look, in fact, we would sponsor you if you just put that stuff away. You know, let us give you a sound system. Let us give you a choir. Let us give you all the accoutrements of church. We could build you a place with soft pews and thick carpet and pretty windows. And all of us could be rich. Yeah, but what does it profit a man? If he gained the whole world. lose his own soul. This is Ezekiel chapter 22. Look at verse 26. Ezekiel chapter 22 and verse 26. Listen to this. Her priests have violated my law and have profaned mine holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths and I am profaned among them. Now I want to tell my my downlink sites tonight that the Lord has moved on my heart and I'm going to uh, I'm gonna do a different kind of appeal here at this downlink site so if you're an operator or a pastor at one of our downlink sites here is what I need to warn you about uh... the Lord just recently told me that tonight I need to make a different kind of appeal so I'd like for you to join me at your downlink site and make an appeal with me when the time expires I'm still gonna be appealing and I'd like to ask you to join me in fact if you are the pastor or the operator pick up where I leave off and let the Lord lead you cause I got something I got to say tonight so so here is what the Lord asked me to do Revelation chapter 18 I've read it before and and, and Revelation chapter 18 and look with me if you will starting with verse 2 Revelation chapter 18 and start with verse 2 and here's what it says and he cried mightily with a strong voice saying Babylon The great is fallen, is fallen and has become the habitation of devils and the hold of every foul spirit, a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. So the Bible says Babylon, we talked about it before. Babylon is the representation of systems that set themselves against God. And God says they are finished. They're still standing now, but I tell you that my son Jesus will take government upon his shoulders he'll be king of kings lord of lords rough places will be made plain the valleys will be exalted the mountains and hills will be brought low and he shall reign forever and ever so if you got your feet in babylon come out Look at verse 4, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that ye be not partakers of her sins, that ye receive not of her plagues. What the Lord is begging with you to do tonight is not to turn against everything you ever did. There are people under the sound of my voice tonight who have been Christians practically all of their lives. And your experience has been valid. There's nothing wrong with following him all the way with what you know. But when the Lord shows you a little bit more to be faithful, you got to step up to another level. When he says, I'm looking for some faithful people who will follow me all the way. You cannot be reluctant. In fact, go to Psalm Psalm chapter 50, the 50th Psalm. You're going to be shocked that it's over here. Psalm 50. You'll be shocked because you don't think The psalmist has this kind of thing, but Psalm 50 verse 5 says this, Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant with me by sacrifice. There are people, listen to me, you've got to hear this, there are people who never looked like Christians, but in your heart you had made a covenant with the Lord. Nobody ever thought you were holy. Nobody ever thought you had interest in holy things but you didn't need them to declare who you were. Jesus knew who you were. There are people who never carried a Bible. There are people who never did holy acts but you had a relationship with Jesus. And here's what the Bible says, when the time comes, gather my saints together. The ones who have made a covenant with me, the the ones who've made an agreement with me, Call them, just call them in my name and they will recognize that it's not you, Pearson. It's him, Jesus, and they will follow me wherever I ask. And tonight, here's what I'm saying to you. Ephesians chapter five and verse 23 says that you've got to find a church that follows Jesus as Lord and master mark 16 15 it needs to be a worldwide body that spreads the message around the world luke chapter 4 verses 16 and 31 it's got to be a church that keeps all the commandments including the fourth commandment about god's sabbath matthew chapter 5 17 through 18 it's got to uphold god's law because jesus upholds god's law first corinthians 6 19 and 20 you've got to have a diet a style of dress and behave in your conduct in a way that pleases God then if you look at Matthew 28 verse 19 and 20 it says you've got to go and be my witness in all the world you've got to have an organization that shares my faith and then some people came and said well I've I've already been baptized I don't know what you mean preacher but we read over in Acts the 19th chapter where those people had had John's baptism but they never were baptized in the name of Jesus and and when they heard about the Holy Spirit cause until then they said we we didn't even hear whether there be a Holy Spirit but when they heard about the baptism that brings you into the family of God not only the washing of water but the washing of the Spirit they went and they were baptized again Now until tomorrow night, may God hear you when you call. May God lift you if you fall. May God bless you as you stand. May God hold you in the palm of his hand. Good night.
0: Peter Pearson believes that Jesus Christ is the answer to every problem you face.